globalists. You know what a globalist is, right? You know what a globalist is. A globalist is a person that wants the globe to do well, frankly, not caring about our country so much. And you know what? We can't have that. You know, they have a word. It sort of became old-fashioned. It's called a nationalist. And I say, really, we're not supposed to use that word. You know what I am? I'm a nationalist, okay? I'm a nationalist. Nationalist. Nothing else. Use that word. Use that word. Welcome to Blue Topsy Radio. We come to you today with uh, with heavy hearts for our mm-hmm. country. Uh, you know, we've had several incidents uh, since the uh, presidency of, of Donald Trump. Uh, but I will say this. Uh, I think that, unfortunately, and, and I, I mean this with all sincerity, I think sometimes we put too much blame on Donald Trump. I think he has an, an enabled um, and given a platform to some of the hatred right. and the bigotry and the extremism that has existed for uh, for a long time, um, and we're going to probably have the most ca- candid conversation mm-hmm. we've ever had. Uh, what you just heard, ladies and gentlemen, was our commander in chief literally call himself a nationalist. Uh, his exact words, and I'm quoting: "A globalist is a person that wants the globe to do well. Frankly, not caring about our country so much. And you know what? We can't have that." This is what Donald Trump said. He says, you know, they have a word. It's sort of become old fashioned. It's called a nationalist. And I say, really? We're not supposed to use that word. You know what I am? I'm a nationalist, okay? I'm a nationalist. Nationalist. Nothing wrong with that word. Use that word. Use that word. Uh, look, I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Uh, I think that is probably one of the most uh, bigoted and racist whistle blows mm-hmm. that I've ever heard. Um, knowing the climate of this country, um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being nationalist in thought, loving your country. Uh, but we all know that when we say nationalists, uh, it nine times out of 10 does not mean being a patriot. Right. Uh, my father served in the United States Army. He was a U.S. Army Ranger. My father-in-law served um, as a, as a colonel. He retired from the Pentagon. Um, I have four or five family members that served in Vietnam. My brother served. Brothers-in-law served. Friends served. Uh, and I love this country. Um, as flawed as it is, there's no perfect place. But this is my home. This is my country. I'm one generation removed from uh, immigrants. But I wasn't alive during Nazi Germany's regime. But I am a student of history, and I know that word nationalist and nationalism was something that was used as propaganda to incite fear in the hearts of Jews and other folks around this world. And today we're going to talk about three incidents that have happened that have uh, continued to divide our country. And um, I just want to go ahead and let you know, open it up to you, Eric. I mean, you obviously have a Jewish background. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a black man. There is no secret to our ethnicities or nationalities mm-hmm. or our, our faith or belief. And we're both um, torn. We're both angry. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to talk today. So 
You know, it's sometimes I sit there and go, people say, well, Jewish people, well, they're white on the surface, but we've always been treated, let me be serious, like shit, just like African-Americans. Yeah. That, that's, that's the reality. And when this terrorist, because let's call this stuff what it is, when this terrorist went into that synagogue, those people weren't white, they were Jews. And he screamed that he wanted to kill all the Jews. We have a sickness in this country. And Donald Trump, just like you're saying, he's enabling more of it, but it's like he's just like a symptom of it. Like it's a symptom of this disgusting illness we have in this country. So we want to walk through just the insanity. We have what should be appropriately deemed as the MAGA bomber. You had beyond a terrorist. A, that is a terrorist. And isn't it funny if your last name or first name is Muhammad, you're a terrorist. But the vast majority, and I saw the stat, it's you know, it's something like 98% are basic, you know, somewhere around there. Generally it's white pissed off guys. They're not deemed terrorists. Oh, that guy we're not belittling mental illness. I want to make of that course, very clear course. right here. But it's like, oh well, there was a mental illness or whatever. Well, if Mr. Muhammad did something, he didn't have a mental illness. He was an Islamic radical terrorist. We have radical right-wing terrorists in this country. And if we're going to say Muslim extremists, we can say Christian extremists. That's right. And I'm going to say this because I, I have some great friends in this world, and a ton of them happen to be white men. And we're speaking to an issue that, one, we're going to talk about it, and I'm going to be very serious about it. Um, and th- I, I, my aim is to do two things unapologetically. Number one, directly speak to the issue in this country, which is uh, white nationalism is on the rise. Uh, there is a pocket of white men in America and young white men that, uh, for whatever reason, there, there's an anger. And we're not here to throw those individuals under the bus. We're here to try and find a way to understand how to mitigate this problem. But I will also say to the white men that are listening, uh, husbands and fathers, uh, uncles, grandfathers, even those of you that have come from the uh, Jim Crow era, uh, it is incumbent upon you to speak to your brothers, your sons, uh, your nephews, your grandchildren, your friends, As a black man, I can't have that candid conversation with white men. I can have a debate. I can have an open discussion. I can have my opinion. But I don't eat dinner with you every night at the table. And it's time the same way how as a black man, I have a conversation with my children at the dinner table about how to conduct themselves. Not because they can't be children, but the reality is all of us as parents, especially those of us who are fathers, who are privileged to have young Boys, uh, you have three sons. Mm-hmm. I have three sons. And the reality is there are conversations that I'm going to have with my kid about how to treat a woman. Um, I'm going to let my child and I have continued to let my children know that uh, a woman's body is not your playground. Uh, mm-hmm. That, you know, that we honor and respect women. We honor and respect ourselves. We treat people with respect and dignity. And we need to have this conversation. When you look at mass shootings at schools, when you look at mass shootings at religious organizations, when you look at all these things that are happening, the elephant in the room, no pun intended, is that it is happening at alarming rate. Um, the same way how 
uh, black men and brown men are disproportionately shot in the streets. Uh, we're seeing a disproportionate amount of white men that are that are shooting, and it's a crisis. Mm-hmm. And I want to understand. I want to listen. I want to help. And it's going to take a hell of a lot more than this one show to address it. Mm-hmm. But the reason why Eric and I are so frustrated is because in one week. We've had a gentleman that was an avid or is an avid Donald Trump supporter send bombs, not to individuals that were political. Let's be very clear. He sent them to individuals that were either against Trump's philosophies or that Trump has called by name as enemies. Mm -hmm. And when you throw rocks in the glass buildings, glass will break. It will shatter. And I'm going to read this quote that that Doug Jones gave because you want to say something. But after you say something, I want to read a quote by Doug Jones that I think is so relevant to the time we're in because we're going to go into the Kroger shooting and the synagogue shooting Mm -hmm. and we're going to be a little emotional. So I apologize, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to hold back because I feel like this is a conversation we need to have. So, again, I think what happens is maybe it's because we're in this just screwed up news cycle of Trump and everything. Everything so, excuse me, fucking crazy that everything just gets pushed aside. It's like, here's the crazy thing that happened this day. By the end of the day, you've already moved on. This guy didn't just send bombs. This is an assassination attempt on multiple former presidents, first ladies, national security figures, and news organizations. And before we go along any further, I want to give a quick little story. Really good friend of my wife and I, she works for CNN. She happened to be up in New York for a few days. Usually when she goes up there, she works out of their main building in New York. So... Once we heard that the bombing happened, or excuse me, the all, the bomber was around and that he was sending things out, we checked in with her because we heard all of a sudden that they were evacuating New York. She was in a taxi at that time and all of her belongings, as she said, minus her purse and macaroons, were in the CNN building. Mm. Everything was locked down. She was lucky enough where an all clear was given and she was able to go turn the, get the cab to turn around, wow. get back to the office and grab her stuff literally on her way to go to the airport. There are, when you look at all these threats and a guy like that, CNN, for example, it's not just the news anchors. There's everyday people all the way down to the janitorial staff that work in these places. Everyday people are being threatened. And I can tell you, the CNN office here in, in Atlanta and the CNN offices in New York are under constant, constant threats from wing nuts like this guy who just so far haven't gone as far as this guy. But it seems like this is a toxic brew and you wonder if this is only the beginning of it especially with our enabler-in-chief. I don't think it's anything to wonder about. I think that we're in a dangerous time in our country where, to be quite frank with you, when you're seeing these kind of things that are happening, uh, I want to read this quote, first of all, that Doug Jones gave. He said, I can tell you that there was a bomb that exploded in Birmingham in 1963 that killed four girls because Bull Connor and George Wallace said things that empowered them. This is not about Donald Trump. This is about the words that he is using, that he is saying that are enabling people to feel like they are given the green light to uh, perpetuate hatred and fear. Uh, And we have become not more divided than ever, because I think that there's been times in history where we have been divided as a nation. 
but we're at a point now where uh, I think this nation needs to get a grasp of it, not just politically, but socially, because if we don't address these issues, ladies and gentlemen, this stuff is going to get worse. And uh, the last thing any of us want to see is an increased amount of, um, you know, uh, crimes motivated by hate mm-hmm. and anger. Uh, so again, you know, we're, we're a little upset, but we're going to have a conversation yep. and, uh, we hope that you will continue to follow us on bluetopsy.com and support what we're doing. Add your voice to our conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll continue this down the road, but we're going to go into these, these, uh, incidents that have happened. Uh, which one do we want to start with, man? None of them are easy. No. Um, well, since we've, we've just, we're talking about the MAGA terrorist bomber. Why don't we stick with that one to start with here? Got you. So I'm sure everybody out there knows what went on. We have this guy that sent these explosive devices. And as the FBI noted, these were, although it seemed as though this guy didn't figure out how to do it right, these were live active explosives that in the right circumstance, some of these things could go off. Joe Biden, Barack Obama... Eric Holder, Maxine. Two uh, Maxine, offices for her. Yeah, Maxine Waters, right? That's right. Uh, two offices for her. Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton. I mean, you sent it to a house. I mean, and, and I want you all to think about this individual, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, he, he, he says something to, to the effect of, oh, well, you know, it was to scare him. And, you know, these, these folks have kids, man. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, imagine if... Chelsea Clinton were home and, and got the package and it went off. Or imagine if, you know, any one of the Obama girls were home and it went right. off. I mean, the, the, these are things that are not to be taken lightly. Uh, if this happened to a Republican, I'd be equally as pissed. Absolutely. You know, I think that we're getting to a point where it's not even being radical, you know, because they, when I was Bernie Sanders' political director, they said, oh, well, you know, uh, you guys were radical and you guys, well, you know, it's a difference because when there was that shooting by the gentleman that said he was a Bernie Sanders deporter, a supporter, right. uh, not only did Bernie Sanders denounce what he did, right. but the supporters also said, hey, this is crazy because right. he shot at a field and it should not go from being passionate to being extreme. And mm-hmm. we're seeing the height of extreme extremism in the United States and I think we need to really understand it and from what I'm hearing Eric this guy not just didn't just have a list of you know CNN folks like Van Jones who's a very close friend of mine but he had a list of at least a hundred more people um, and 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 that's a target list and I'm sorry man but at the end of the day we've got to start thinking about the consequences that some of this stuff, like when Michael Williams had the deportation bus, you know, or yep. when Brian Kemp so eloquently talked about his stance against mm-hmm. immigration and mm-hmm. how scary these folks are. And, you know, when Michael Williams put out the uh, uh, the thing about Mexican rapists, yep. I mean, these are dog whistles that are en- right. enabling a group of folks that feel the same way how I am appalled when I hear... ISIS or Al Qaeda or any group say that they're doing this for religion. It's you know, the same, it's the same, same thing. thing because you can't mm-hmm. tell me that you're so American and and you're so hell bent on being an evangelical or a Christian. Hey, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I have my faith and I'm guided by my principles. But that doesn't give me the right to to go grab a gun mm-hmm. and go attack people that believe opposite or contrary mm-hmm. of me, especially when I'm supposed to be guided by my faith principles right so 
it's rather hypocritical. Robert De Niro. And the one I want to get to because this plays into where we'll go down the line. George Soros. George Soros is, to me, with a Jewish background, George Soros has become, he is that name. When they say Soros, it's Jew. That's what that's all about. It, it, this has been something that's been brewing the past couple of years. So every time you turn around, oh, George Soros funded this. George Soros. Well, it's just substituting in what before they would say is Jew. That's the truth of it. Every single one of these people, as you said, in organizations were targeted by Donald Trump. One important thing that I want to note too is we're not using the names of these people. And that's what they do overseas in the news. I think it's something that we should consider in this country. These these killers, these these people, they, they end up getting romanticized. A lot of them, that's what they want. They want the media to say their names. They want that attention. You don't give them their attention. So when we're talking through these stories, you're not going to hear the names of anybody because it's not worth our time to say their names. That's right. And I think even more than that, when you look at Vice President Biden, mm -hmm. uh, you know, individuals that have, you know, fought for this country. Um, you know, I, I, I'll say this again. I can't be more clear. If if uh, if this were happening um, to Donald Trump's family, I'm not a fan of Donald Trump. You know, I'm not a fan of right. him at all. But if someone would have sent a, a bomb to Jared Kushner's house, or if they would have sent a, a you know a, a bomb to Trump Towers, I would be equally outraged if I found out mm -hmm. it was a Democratic supporter, That's right. and I would renounce it. Um, I don't have to like the guy, but the reality is. Uh, we're living in a time where we are seeing the enabling mm -hmm. of this kind of behavior and it's not being toned down. There are more rallies and mm -hmm. it's getting even more outlandish as each day goes by. It's, it's, a radi it's radicalization. We, we have a certain percentage of the population that is becoming radicalized. And then you have to look at just morality. You know, you're talking about religion. Whether you have religion or not, there's just like a moral code that people have, decent human beings. We don't seem to know what the hell is right or wrong anymore. Well, I think we know what's right or wrong. I just think sure. that we are uh, in an era where things can be said and uh, things can be done without consequence. And, you know, it's it's uh, we're living in an unfiltered world and that's mm -hmm. a dangerous place to be in. And, uh, you know, when you look at a lot of what's happening, especially with the recent acts that we've seen, these things are not new. No. Uh, what's bothering me is that the commander in chief, uh, you know, I didn't like a lot of things about about uh, George Bush. But after 9-11, um, the commander in chief, you, you don't elect someone to be a pastor, uh, but, you know, they should at least have the capacity That's to be right. a unifier. Yep. Uh, I, I don't believe that. Donald Trump owes us anything morally, right? Because I just don't think that's that's that that's who the guy is. I think he is a straight shooter, say what he wants, unhinged. Uh, he doesn't like to admit a lot of times, you know, what he's really thinking or what are behind his words. He he would like us to believe that nationalism, in his view, means economic nationalism. None of us take that with a grain of no. salt. But the reality of all these conversations that we have to have is that, you know, there are people that are tired, man, and they're hurting. Um, this argument about Confederate battle flags um, and, you know, the uh, idea of nationalism, 
these are are things that have been rooted in the history of a country mm-hmm. that's been oppressive to people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was the glorification of Christopher Columbus with the Native Americans, mm-hmm. or it was the Jim Crow era laws that uh, oppressed um, the uh, black community, mm-hmm. to the changing of the Confederate flag, to the using of the, the Ku Klux Klan, and even movies uh, like uh, The Birth of a Nation that have been out. These dog whistles have existed for a long time. And, you know, again, you know, I, we're, we're going to go on from the MAGA bomber and talk about these synagogue shootings because, mm-hmm. you know, I think that is a direct attack on our brothers and sisters in the Jewish community. Mm-hmm. But I'll say this, man, a Muslim group raised $125,000 in three days. Uh, they initially want to raise twenty five thousand. Mm-hmm. They raised fifteen thousand the first day. Yep. By the next day, they had exceeded twenty five thousand. We're almost at a hundred. And as we currently speak, they're at one hundred and twenty five thousand Muslims coming together yep. for Jews. That shows the resolve of a nation like the United States. We're not perfect, but that idea of, of, of one nation under God, indispensable with liberty and justice for all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are a, a country that is flawed, but we're also a country that knows how to come together and that is recognizing the the evil that exists and the idea that a very small population of our community and our country continues to hold on to. That's right. So let's talk about the bombings in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Because that's something that, to me, was very personal. I think that, you know, you have to realize, and, and being Jewish, it's like if you're religious or not, you're culturally Jewish. I mean, that's that's for real. And and I wear that. It's a badge of honor. You know, I, I appreciate that. So you take the Holocaust, you take all these things. The amount of Jews have been reduced greatly in the world. And Jewish people, by and large, are very successful driven people and they've contributed a wonderful amount you know around the world for various reasons so let's talk about what happened as you guys know this terrorist went into a synagogue on a saturday morning so that's a saturday morning service a very good friend of mine every saturday morning he takes part in that i know other people that do that that means you know, they walk to the synagogue. They don't use their electronics all day. They take the day off and they go and they do their worship thing. They had a brisk going on. And what happens there is that that's a religious ceremony with a baby. Okay. You had three different groups in the synagogue. This terrorist goes in there. Well, what the, I think the most disgusting thing, I mean, all of it's disgusting. He murdered a Holocaust survivor. How much more just despicable it's just so sickening and there's no excuse even if you if you didn't know and and uh someone that survived the holocaust to live out their twilight years to die in pittsburgh pennsylvania in a synagogue. It, it, it's crazy and i just a point of correction i said one nation under god indispensable i meant to say one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all just as a point of clarification for you listener out there but it broke my heart to hear that you know to hear an individual that survived atrocities uh, against humanity mm-hmm. uh, that lived to tell the story only to uh, be a victim of hate. Uh, and uh, it, that makes me angry, man. It makes me really upset. This guy screamed that all the Jews have to die. And when I heard that, I cried. I mean, it really affected me. And 
I, I think that to me, this goes back to something where I grew up. So where I grew up in Connecticut, I was only, it's about like five years old. And there was this arsonist in our town. And what happened was he attacked the Jewish community. So I literally lived right behind, there's a synagogue, I should say, right behind the house, the first house that I lived in in Connecticut. And he went to that synagogue and he set it on fire. He then burned out the sanctuary of another synagogue. Um, he went to the rabbi uh, of, an, of a certain, one of the synagogues that was burned and uh, burned the home there and burned down his library and whatever. That's one of the first things that I remember as a child. So from being five years old, I can remember birthday parties hmm. and stuff with, with my 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 late grandfather on my mother's side. I remember things with him so vividly. And I remember the town under attack because somebody was going after Jewish people. My grandmother told me in the 1980s, I remember so vividly. She's like, there are so many anti-Semitic people. And I was like, Grandma, this is like the 80s. This stuff doesn't go on anymore. It's not like that. It, it can't be like that. We're here in 2018. We have just witnessed the largest massacre of Jewish people in the history of the United States of America. 20 minutes long that thing took. And, uh, you know, anytime there's a mass shooting, especially when it's children, you know, and this is not mm -hmm. to downplay what happened to our Jewish brothers and sisters, but when you can think of the fear and the confusion and uh all the things that go into that 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 moment that is forever uh embedded in time is that these folks suffered man mm -hmm. and uh you know if i'm not mistaken there were there were 11 victims of of this shooting mm -hmm. uh you know you had worshipers that were injured um that's more than charleston by the way more than charleston mm -hmm. and 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 you know when you look at the charleston nine you know mm -hmm. you look at what dylan roof did uh, you know, and, and, and I, I, I am one of those folks that while I don't want to promote the name, I want people to remember that when people do things like this, it's not to hold their names up and creating a legacy, but to remind ourselves that these individuals, when they do these kind of crimes, they need to be held accountable mm -hmm. and we need to make sure that they don't fall through the cracks. I don't want this gentleman that committed this shooting um, I don't want us to forget about it. I want us to follow this prosecution mm -hmm. from uh, from A to Z. And I want us to make sure that the victims, they'll never be restored. Mm -hmm. uh, the families of these victims uh, will never have wholeness. Once you lose a family member, all of us that are listening that has ever lost somebody knows that there is no amount of money, uh, no gift, no opportunity. There's nothing that will, that will fill the void of losing a loved one. And uh, my heart goes out to him, man, and, and the trauma that many of these folks that just went into worship, um, you know, had and dealt with. But I will say this, man, um, on a positive note, to see how the Jewish community came together, mm -hmm. uh, to see how the, the Jewish leaders in the community and other interfaith organizations said that until Trump renounces this kind of rhetoric, they don't want That's him in right. Pittsburgh. Um, and granted, that's not the sentiment of every single person in Pittsburgh, but we're now seeing, um, again, you just brought up the Charleston incident. Uh, we saw Charleston and mm -hmm. until Childish Gambino, who, you know, Donald Glover, who's, uh, did this amazing song, mm -hmm. this is America this that's year, right. uh, folks had forgotten about it, that's you right. know, because we're living in, in a time where like, uh, Heather Hare, who was 
killed during the the Charlottesville uh, uh, debacle and, and alt right movement incident. She said, "If you're if you're not outraged, you're not paying attention." That's right. Right. And if you're not outraged about Charleston, if you're not outraged about Charlottesville, and if you're not now outraged about what happened in Pittsburgh, uh, you are not paying a damn attention. And I don't know how else to put that. So think about this. This is how crazy things have become in this country. So it's 2018 and we're almost in November. It almost seems like years ago, the shooting at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, that was February 14th, March for Our Lives, which those kids, those kids, along with all these other targets that that the, the MAGA crowd has, these kids that are looking for sensible gun control to end some of this nonsense, they are top targets. That March for Our Lives happened March 24th, 2018. So just look at just these few events alone, this carnage in this country. And, it, it, and the, the thing about it is, and this is why I keep coming back to Trump, and Trump mm-hmm. is not... He's not the problem, man. He's more of a symptom of he the problem, right? Problem, and and this this response of, you know, it can't be this, this uh, you know, military Rambo response. There's a school shooting. We need armed guards. There's a synagogue shooting. We need armed guards. Uh, there's a shooting at a church. Well, if somebody would have had a gun. You know, I mean, like, we got to stop this, you know, this, this false sense, this false idea of thinking that, Arming people is going to be the solution to the problem. And when you when you're consistently blaming, look, I don't CNN is not my main source. I might listen to CNN. I might even jump over to Fox News every now and then just to hear what the hell they have to say. But the reality is I have so many alternate sources internationally, independently. You know, I I take it all in. Mm -hmm. But there is a segment in society. Um, regardless of your race, socioeconomic status, your background, your ethnicity, that they do not uh, understand how to separate the, uh, the, 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 the words of those whom we deem leaders and those right. who are influential. They're not separating that from reality. And we've got to really deal with what that means and the consequence that goes along with it. We live in Forsyth County, mm-hmm. and whether you're on a website or on social media or just in the community, we're seeing how the kind of rhetoric and the that's hatred right. that's being spewed is is kind of rebuilding and rejuvenating You know what we thought was dead and gone. So when we talked about last episode about the, uh, what you call, about our great event here, the great you know, we are Georgia tour with Stacey Abrams and Sarah Riggs Amico and everybody. Our local party, our local Forsyth County Democratic Party, there were, I don't want to call them direct threats, but haha funnies like we need to bring our rifles up to there and have a counter protest. LOL. And it went on and on. These are your neighbors. These are people that if you don't our know. Our kids may go to school. Together. Right. It's just not acceptable. At all. But the thing is, let me say this that we didn't talk about on the previous episode. We had, and as we gave a shout out to the great security apparatus that we had, for all the big internet tough guy, big mouth talk, not one of those protesters showed up. None of that nonsense was there. But for the ones 
that don't show up, which are the majority, we then get these minority ones that do things that are just atrocious. And these are the things that we're talking about here. Well, you know, I, I, I we could talk about this all day. Um, <laughs> yes. There was another shooting. Yes, there was. Uh, and we, it hasn't gotten a lot of attention. It hasn't gotten damn near any attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the mega bomber... Uh, the synagogue shooting, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm upset. And again, just from a racial standpoint, mm-hmm. um, let me share this to you with our listeners uh, that are out there from before Trayvon Martin. Mm-hmm. But with the Trayvon Martin shooting and the Tamir Rice shooting and Eric Garner being choked and the you know just countless man i mean sean bell i mean you know you you have mike the brother michael and and, uh ferguson uh i mean mike brown i mean you you know black folks are in a sense becoming desensitized um we're almost used to it happening Mm -hmm. and now we're we're allowing the media to put us on a news shift that determines when how and where the news is going to be reported and um i'm calling out cnn i'm calling out msnbc i'm calling out every network that has covered this synagogue shooting um we need to have the same type of coverage across the board Mm -hmm. uh and the reason why i'm saying it like that is because we cannot continue to allow uh, uh, these types of incidents to be cornered into a news cycle. Right. Uh, we can't go from one week the guy, the journalist gets cut up by the Saudis to okay, well now we're on to the next story. You know, right. on Friday we need to be talking about the synagogue and Crowder and Magnet Bomber. Next Friday, a month That's from right. now, we can't keep on having these cycles where we cover it, where thoughts and prayers, and then all of a sudden, it's like we go back to business as usual. You know you turn on those channels, too. If you Let's say you just keep it on for a couple of hours. MSNBC, CNN, obviously Fox. All they do is cycle over the same junk, just like you're saying. They don't talk about much of anything. They're like, oh, here's the hot thing to talk about right now. We don't want to deal with substance. I'll be honest. Most of the news that I consume when it comes to television, I watch international news because they actually cover news. And they don't do that and they go back to stories. You know, if you watch British television news, they're still talking about Brexit every day Hmm. as a headline news because it impacts them, it continues to, and they keep their eye on it. Versus here, you know, oh, the tax cut thing that creates a giant deficit, whatever. Okay, that one's done. Whatever. Move on. And just like you're saying, these tragedies. We need to talk about the Kroger shooting. There there are so many people I've said, oh, did you hear about the Kroger shooting? They're like, what are you talking about? You know, the thing about it is um, this guy uh, not only committed this crime, but, you know, he not only gunned down two customers and you know, shot him in cold blood, but you know, this was minutes before he tried to enter a black church, That's you know, and, and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it breaks my heart to think that, you know, two years removed from Charleston, That's right. um, it could have happened again. And, you know, I don't know, you know, I, I mentioned earlier my frustration with, you know, white male anger right t- right now. And again, I, you know, I, I think that, 
every race, every culture, we all deal with stuff. We can talk about a lot of issues within the black community. But mm-hmm. right now we're talking about these mass shootings. Right now, the overwhelming majority of folks that have committed these crimes are folks that are angry mm-hmm. um, and that are using race and using hatred to justify their actions. It's not uh, confirmed, but on multiple media outlets, I've heard um, he said to a, a white person inside of the Kroger that he's not shooting at the white people. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a hate crime. That's right. Uh, and, you know, I'm not really... Um, you know, I'm 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 not really going to go into the the trauma of this, but I will say that one thing that I want people to understand about race and justice in the United States as it pertains to people of color, um, and I can speak as a black person, is that you know, from slavery, which I know a lot of times people say, well, you know, slavery didn't, you know, we're we're moving on from it. They don't want to talk about it, but this is the exact reason why. Um, when crimes like this happen, um, that black people feel under attack. Mm -hmm. And so I want to say this to everyone that's listening. Um, Number one, we need to do a better job of addressing the fact that this is a crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, Mass shootings in the United States, um, you know, thoughts and prayers is not enough. Um, This is the same way how the crack cocaine epidemic was a crisis. And what did we do with crack cocaine? We incarcerated. We didn't try to offer medical services or, you know, we didn't try to treat it. We incarcerated. Right. The opioid crisis, it's a crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you name it, man. Climate change is a crisis. The same way how we talk mm-hmm. about all these issues, we have got to address these mass shootings in the United States. They are not going to stop. I guarantee you tomorrow there will be, you know, another incident. Like today or yesterday, there was a shooting at a school in North Carolina. Now, granted, it wasn't a mass shooting, but the fact that kids are still getting right. shot in school, there is a problem with that. The, the fact that there before this year is out, there is a very high problem probability that a black male young or old or middle-aged will encounter a police officer and we will be talking about another black man losing his life and it has to stop at the end of the day we have got to address these issues because if we do not as edward gibbon said in the in the rise and collapse of the roman empire this thing we have called america the idea of, of one nation under God, this idea of out of many one, mm-hmm. it's not going to continue to exist if we allow ourselves to be uh, to weaponize nationalism and use it as a weapon against immigrants, blacks, poor people, Latino people. If we continue to allow this behavior and this rhetoric to perpetuate, Eric, it's mm-hmm. going to cause a much greater problem than just a, a sporadic shooting here and there. What I despise is when all these shootings happen and they go, now's not the time to talk about guns. Let's get real. Every single one of these mass shootings, an AR-15 has been involved in every single mass shooting. And the thing about it is, and I want you to finish on that, we just had the Forsyth County Fair. And we had our local uh, tea party. Uh, auctioning off an AR-15. We had, again, Michael Williams when Mm -hmm. we had the Las Vegas shooting. First thing he did was rallied off bump stocks. I mean, this is not a game, man. Like, you know, at what point do we sit back and say, look, 
take off the damn Republican or Democratic hat or whatever it is you're talking about and start passing it because I can guarantee you if it's one of these, could you imagine if a black male or a Muslim <laughs> went and shot up a Southern white Baptist right. church? I mean, like, like I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine the backlash mm-hmm. and the way in which they would be painted. It would be That's a totally right. different perspective. I mean, you've got folks right now that are finding ways to condone it, whether it's them saying it's uh, mental health or, uh, well, they were troubled. No, this is terror. This right. is the same kind of terror that, that existed during slavery and Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of terror that affected uh, Cheney, Goodman, and, and Schroener when they were uh, when they were murdered in Mississippi, uh, which was referred to as the Freedom Summer Murders. Uh, the Mississippi Civil Rights murders or the Mississippi burning murders. There were, you know, movies made on this. Mm -hmm. And we've got to understand that those who don't understand history and don't acknowledge history are deemed to repeat it. If we don't start Mm -hmm. understanding that these are the same tactics that, you know, uh, uh, racist, bigoted people used 50, 60 years ago, the same type of rhetoric that led to the assassination of Medgar Evers and, uh, and, and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and other civil rights leaders. The same kind of rhetoric then that caused a bombing of a black church with four innocent black girls to be killed is the same kind of rhetoric we're hearing now. And if we don't, if we don't stop it, and again, I don't feel that white men in America is the enemy. So that's not what I'm saying. But if we don't start addressing the issue as a systemic problem and we don't start looking at the real underlying problem, which is we have a large amount of predominantly white men that seem to be very angry Mm -hmm. or very upset or very extreme in their beliefs. Mm -hmm. Nowhere in the Bible that I've read justifies Mm -hmm. that type of behavior um, on any kind of congregation or any kind of religious community. With man like i the, this is one of those subjects where you, you your your head just spins you know you can't even think straight you know cuz there's just so many directions i want to go back to the the kroger incident because there's an important note there as you were saying that there were people in the church they said just an hour and a half earlier there were 70 people in that church hmm. so imagine what wow. really could have happened I mean, it was awful enough. When we talk about these guns, these are weapons of war. An AR-15, you can shoot through a damn piece of concrete with that. Our law enforcement communities, we've heard from these people personally who say, you know what, we get, and a lot of these people are Republican. They're like, we get what, what the people are saying, but truthfully, this isn't good for us. We have to combat weapons of war. It's all common sense stuff, but we're in just this this in, just insanity. Everything's crazy. There's really no other way. I'm I'm so flustered by it. I'm just so I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm just beyond pissed. And you and I have talked personally about this. And I'm like, you know. When things go bad, who are the first to be blamed? I swear, if you're Jewish, you're black. That's where they go. And we can see this just, we have a sickness in this country. And how do we cure it? You know, I'm, I'm currently, uh, you know, I've completed my first book, uh, Nationalism Without Compassion, The Eighth Social Sin, which is predicated on a list of um, seven social sins that uh, Gandhi published in 1925. Uh, he had things such as wealth without work, 
uh, religion without sacrifice, politics without principle, uh, commerce without morality. Uh, I came up with nationalism without compassion because I felt like it spoke to the time that we live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we currently are under an administration. Uh, in the first year of Donald Trump's administration, we had twice as many uh, mass shootings than his two previous predecessors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and I, I just I, I cannot stress enough that man, it's the rhetoric. You know, if if I if I were in a room with uh, Donald Trump. You know, it, 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 I, I, I know it probably wouldn't get through. No, he's a narcissist. He just doesn't care. But yes, I, but, I but and, and I and I get that. But but the but the reality is, if I if I had one thing to really try to present or to ask the president, uh, it would be, you know, why, why is there so much anger? You know, I mean, and and I know that sounds it sounds cheesy and it sounds you know really late. You know, I, I really don't know. But there, there's a there's a root of anger and hatred and bigotry. I watched a documentary one time on um, on a Klansman, uh-huh. and uh, the guy was just adamant, you know, just anti-everything black, and he was being interviewed by a black reporter. Okay. And so the woman asked him, she says, well, do you hate me? And he says, yes, I hate everyone that's black. And as the documentary or interview continues on, it gets to one point in the, in the conversation, and... You know, she 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 asked him, "What is it about black people that makes you so angry?" Mm-hmm. And his response was, "A black man robbed and killed my sister when I was a little boy." Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to be honest with you, uh, that's a lot of trauma, right. and that hate was rooted in him believing that all black people right. and the guy that killed his sister was a bad guy. I mean, mm-hmm. I hope the guy is in jail and will stay in jail. If that is the crime he committed, mm-hmm. there's a consequence. Mm-hmm. But it seems like Donald Trump's hate is not rooted. It just seems like it can it it seems like it just continues like an avalanche to grow. Mm-hmm. And it seems like there's no North Star. There's no, no. there's no there's no desire to even, you know, want to uh, when we say tone it down, you know, his response for toning it down is, well, tell the news to tone it down. No, you, sir, are the commander in chief. That's right. You are the president of the United States of America. And this is a country that was while you were elected president, there are uh, there are certain, you know, responsibilities that we all should share right. in the dignity of our country, which means being a voice for individuals. And even when you don't agree, having the audacity to say to those folks that listen to you that this is not about violence. It's not about um, causing harm to people. We may we may disagree. Mm-hmm. I may not like CNN. I may not like President Obama. But the fact that when these bombs when uh, these bombs went out, he didn't even call uh, no. the, the the individuals. He didn't he didn't call Obama. He didn't call Clinton. He didn't call any of them. He didn't even sound a statement. He didn't even no. he didn't even call CNN by name. No, he he complained about how his hair got wet when he was outside, and maybe oh he was going to call off a rally. Um, the Anti Defamation League has said that in the past year, the rise of anti Semitic incidents are up sixty percent. And that is the largest increase that they have ever tracked within 40 years of tracking. All of these incidents are increasing at huge numbers ever since Donald Trump came on the scene as a presidential candidate. That's the reality. This guy has basically given a wink and a nod to these people to do what they're doing. And 
what you sit there and go is, you know right from wrong, or maybe you don't. But at the top, there is a complete moral and ethical vacuum. And then the question is, what fills the void? And you have somebody like Mike Pence who sits there, who's supposedly a man yeah, of where such, is Mike? Where oh, is such Pence, man? great morals. But when, when stuff like this happens, he just disappears. He should be right at the forefront. I mean, white nationalism has skyrocketed. I'm not going to throw out a number, but it's skyrocketed mm-hmm. um, under Trump. The FBI has even released a report yep. that recruitment amongst white nationalist organizations has more than doubled. Uh, you know, and, and I think we need to understand that, uh, you know, this idea, um, because I've, I've heard it that, you know, this, this idea of a white genocide or, you know, I heard somebody the other day say something about, you know, white, white people, civil rights, I mean, civil rights. And, and I'm, you know, it, it's, it's so comical how we have this bait and switch, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have poor folks, you know, and, and let me speak to the you know, the folks in the rural parts of the United States that voted for Trump because of his platform. I understand that a lot of people felt they needed to support him because one, they may just not have liked Hillary Clinton. But number two, they felt like he offered something that wasn't being offered. Um, He wasn't a politician and they bought into it. And I am not upset at the fact that these individuals uh, voted in that direction. Or or I was going to say they see how... Democratic Party, Republican Party, and at the end of the day, at least the Washington establishment. Exactly. They're and, pretty much the same. And that's, that's and, true. And, and, and I think the best analogy I heard one time from a guy, he said, you know, it's like two bulls, two horns on the same bull. Which yep. one do you want to get stuck with? Yep. And, you know, I, so again, I am not upset that folks felt that there was something that they were going to get out of being right. in support. But wake up. Mm-hmm. If you're out there and you're listening and you were a Trump supporter or you are a Trump supporter, I want you to look at the country as it is now. Mm-hmm. Our children, there's a quote that says our children are living messages to a future we will not see. Is this the world that you want your kids to grow up in? Do you want your kid? I mean, you know, for Pete's sake, you know, Donald Trump has Jewish grandchildren. I know, you know what I mean, right. you know, do, do you want your child to go to a church? or a mosque or a synagogue with the threat of going into church and not coming out? Do you want your kids to go into a school in middle school or like Sandy Hook or or, or, or high school or anything? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we look at Columbine till now. Do you want your kids to get dropped off in carpool and leave in a body bag? And if, if you can answer that question honestly and humanely, then I think the next thing you should do is, well, what are you doing? What are you enabling? What are you? What conversations are you having with your neighbors? Right. And how responsible as of a citizen are you? You might not be a politician. You may not be a religious or a spiritual leader. But you are a man or a woman that is an American citizen that should have the audacity to have these hard conversations with your neighbors and with your mm-hmm. loved ones. Many people don't realize that lots of Jewish facilities are armored bunkers as they are already. Most... Now, this isn't everywhere, and it's funny because I read this kind of debate online and stuff. Yeah. But Metro Atlanta is a great example. The JCC, which is a very large facility, you have fences on the outside, you have security gates, you have the Jewish Museum in downtown Atlanta. They are literally armored bunkers with private security, with weapons. You have sheriff's officers there for events. 
So many of these Jewish institutions, so Donald Trump says, well, if there's just somebody with a gun there, the same old dumb shit, well, that, that could have been stopped. Well, most of these Jewish facilities in areas of the country already have extensive security. The fact that they have to, to begin with, says plenty. Donald Trump also said something rather interesting. And, in a, and it's like, in a way, we play into what he wants because it's like this guy wants the entire country and world to be sucked into his vortex and everything's about him. And to talk about him, he wins. But he said today that uh, the fake news media is the enemy of the people. So after all these incidents, including one of those news organizations that he has deliberately gone out of his way to target, who was then targeted by a terrorist, he goes right back to the well. It seems to never end. He's never going to get it. And you're right. It's kind of like if you see something wrong, you're, you're supposed to say something. Your, your, your friends and neighbors, when you hear them say crazy shit and you know it's just wrong, it's time for you to stand up and say, you know what? That's just not right what you're saying. And I think that might be what it takes for, for some of this to change. Just like when we talk about politics. We talk about grassroots from the ground level up because the National Party or whatever basically isn't doing anything. It seems like if we want the country to change, our neighbors have to talk to one another and say, you know what? This is wrong. We'll see I if that changes it. Well, I'll say this. It's going to take more than an election to unite a divided America. Uh, I think that we have to begin to depolarize America um, by uniting, um, and I hate to use the term because they had to unite the right rally, but yeah. we need to unite under the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean that from a perspective that we've got to begin to really understand the time that we're in. And I think we need to return to civility. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one reason why um, I am a, a, a resident of Forsyth County uh, is because I believe in the potential of the area I live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have to, as a country, figure out a way to de-escalate what is going on mm-hmm. or we're going to end up in, in a bad time. And I, one of my favorite quotes um, was written as a result or talking about the French Resolution uh, was A Tale of Two Cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times, it was the age of wisdom, it was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. Uh, it was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. Uh, we have an opportunity in America. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric and I are pretty cool guys. At least I'd like to think so, right? I hope so. Uh, yeah. But, you know, we, this was an emotional show because we are... We're angry. Uh, you should be angry uh, because we're literally seeing the deterioration of our country. Um, and I refuse in my lifetime to be a part of the problem. And what do I mean by that? I refuse to 20 years from now say I could have done more. That's right. And I didn't. But all that being said, you know, I, I really just want to close out with something that Dr. King said was, Uh, You know, he said, we still have a choice today. And his words, you know, 50 years later are still as relevant. And the choice he said that we have is nonviolent coexistence or violent co-annihilation. 
This may well be mankind's last chance to choose between chaos and community. Um, to my white brothers and sisters out there, we got to have a conversation and we, we've got to do our part as, you know, individuals. Um, and I have to do the same as a black man in America. I, I, you know, whether it's gun violence or mass incarceration or, you know, um, you know, fatherhood issues. I mean, we all have a role to play. Um, this conversation today wasn't an indictment against white America as much as, is, you know, there's a crisis. And if half of my neighborhood were on fire, I wouldn't call the fire department for the houses that weren't burning. Um, right now, there is a deep hatred in the United States that is fueling the flames of hate and bigotry and uh, divisiveness. And I believe that we can still unite. I believe that we can still be a community that can respect each other and that can be compassionate and that can have empathy and that can understand that this great idea of an American experience can still hold true for all of us if we would address the issues that are continuing to divide us while allowing ourselves to understand what it means, not just from a faith standpoint or from an ethnicity standpoint, what it means to be an American. And the things that we hold true, the Constitution of the United States of America, uh, the ideas that we have for immigrants and for families and for those to practice religion and their faiths openly, let's not use uh, the Constitution as a reason for us to fuel our hatred and bigotry against those we feel are different. Um, this is Blue Topsy Radio. We thank you all so much. Eric, keep them posted. Let them know how they can stay in touch with us. All right. So I'm not going to sound as upbeat as usual. At the end it's all good, man. I do want to just say one thing. People of the other political persuasion, they're not your enemy. And that's what we have to de-escalate. I hear people on our side, you hear them, and they're like, we've got to fight back the way they're fighting. If we do that, it's only going to get worse. It is. And I, and I can I can truly say that uh, that's the great place to end. Mm-hmm. Tribalism um, is dividing our country at an alarming rate. And, um, man, I, I, I just feel like we still have a chance in America. Thank you guys so much. God bless you. Good night. All right.